such rich words, old songs with new tunes, and that speaks to me, and I hope it does to you. Una canción vieja con, con una melodía diferente y nueva. Qué bueno. Just so grateful to be with you this morning. I want to greet all of you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Les saluda en el nombre del Señor Jesucristo a todos. Uh, also to those online, I want to recognize that you're out there viewing and watching. And I hope connecting with what we're doing here. Uh, los que están en línea también, les saludamos cordialmente en el Señor. You notice we don't have our offering time right now where we pass the bags, but we do have offering. And that means that you have an opportunity at any point to use the box in the back. Uh, if you have our Generosity by Lifeway phone app, our website, sunrisecommunity.org, there are multiple ways to give. Hay maneras de dar en el sitio de web, uh, también en una aplicación de teléfono de Generosity, también la caja que está detrás. And I just want to thank you for that faithfulness on your part and your support of what God is doing through Sunrise. It really does matter. Gracias por su apoyo. And I'm also uh, wanting to thank parents for bringing your children today. We love our children. We want to send them off to a time where they can uh, learn God's word together. Children in worship time is designed for boys and girls three years old up to fifth grade. So we'll see you guys later. Take care and have a great time learning. Despedimos a los niños al tiempo de niños en adoración ahora. The rest of us are also children of God, uh, children that want to sit under the word of God this morning. And so I want to invite you, if you have a Bible, to get that out from your phone or from the back there, we have tables uh, that have Bibles on them. Hay Biblias detrás o en el teléfono si, si quieren y saquen sus Biblias, por favor. We have two different scriptures I want to begin with this morning. And the first one comes from the second letter of Paul to Timothy. Second Timothy chapter 3. We're going to read verses 14 through 17 as we're in this series on being uh, on the tools that God has given us for reshaping our lives. Segunda Timoteo 3, versículos 14 al 17. And I'm going to read this first in English. Voy a leer esto primero en inglés. This is Paul writing to a young leader, Timothy, with, with encouragement, advice. But this is also, and more importantly, the word of the Lord for us today. Pablo escribe a Timoteo y es la palabra del Señor. He says, as for you... Continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of. And because of you know those from whom you learned it and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Pero tú permaneces firme en lo que has aprendido y de lo cual estás convencido, pues sabes de quienes lo aprendiste. Desde tu niñez conoces las sagradas escrituras que pueden darte la sabiduría necesaria para la salvación mediante la fe en Cristo Jesús. Toda la escritura es inspirada por Dios y útil para enseñar, para reprender, para corregir y para instruir en la justicia a fin de que el siervo de Dios esté enteramente capacitado para toda buena obra. The second scripture I want to read for you is, is just one verse. It's Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Después Hebreos 4, 12. It's just a few pages after that, uh, after 2 Timothy. Hebrews 4, 
verse 12, Hebreos 4, 12. And this is what it says. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Ciertamente la palabra de Dios es viva y poderosa y más cortante que cualquier espada de dos filos. Penetra hasta lo más profundo del alma y del espíritu, hasta la médula de los huesos, y juzga los pensamientos y las intenciones del corazón. So last week, uh, if you were here in this series on God's reshaping tools, we talked about the tool of prayer which is such an important reshaping tool that God uses. Hablamos la semana pasada de la oración como una herramienta para remodelarnos. And if you remember, I compared prayer to the Smithsonian Institute in Washington, D.C. Comparé la oración al Instituto Smithsonian in Washington. In other words, I said that prayer, like the Smithsonian, is just so vast. It just covers so much. It's huge. There's so much to it that we can spend much more than a lifetime wandering around in this thing called prayer and trying to experience it in all of its dimensions. Como es mi sonia, la oración es tan vasta en todas sus dimensiones. No la podemos abarcar en, en su tu enteridad. Well, there's another place in Washington, D.C. that I've got on my mind today. And in a way, this place is actually even bigger than the Smithsonian. Hay otro lugar en Washington aún más grande que Smithsonian. And I said last week, if you were listening, that in the Smithsonian, there are over 156 million items to view. In the Smithsonian, hay 156 millones de cosas para ver. Well, the other place I'm thinking about is the Library of Congress, la Biblioteca del Congreso. And believe it or not, in the Library of Congress, there are over 167 million books, magazines, and other documents for you to look at. Hay 167 millones de libros y otros documentos en la Biblioteca del Congreso. There's enough in the Library of Congress. It would take hundreds of years for us to read everything contained in that vast library. It's one of the greatest collections in the whole world. Sería cientos de años para leer todo lo que es la Biblioteca de Congreso. I think if, if you and I were given the challenge of reading the Library of Congress, I think most of us would pass, right? We'd say, no, thank you. That's impossible. Uno no puede leer toda la Biblioteca de Congreso. I'm not going to do that. Why even try? It's just too much. ¿Por qué aún probarlo? But what if you and I were invited to read another library? What if we had the invitation to read a library of just 66 books? Not 167 million, mind you, but just 66. Que si nos invitara a leer 66 libros. And we're not talking about big books, okay? We're not talking about books that would fill an entire room or anything like that. We're talking about small books, books so small that this library of 66 books actually fits into one book. Esta biblioteca de 66 libros cabe en un solo libro. And what if I were to tell you that by accepting the challenge to read this, this, this library of 66 books, which is really one book, you 
could discover the meaning of your life, the purpose of your existence. And not only that, you could discover the meaning of everything, the key behind everything in the universe. Y que si se te dijera que puedes descubrir el significado de tu vida y hasta de todo el universo. And what if I were to tell you, you have a lifetime to explore this library of truth and to wander about and to learn from it and to gain from it. And not only that, you have the promise of eternity on the other side of it. Que si pudieras pasarte toda la vida explorando esta biblioteca. Would you be up for an invitation like that? Of course, the book I'm talking about is the Bible. Se trata de la Biblia. And within the span of the Bible's pages, within this library of 66 books, we find more wisdom, more enlightenment, more knowledge, more help, more encouraging than all the books of the Library of Congress, all the books of the entire world combined. Encontramos más iluminación, sabiduría, conocimiento que todos los libros del mundo combinados. Why is that? Por qué? Well, the Bible itself tells us why. And we see that in the scripture I read for you from 2 Timothy 3.14. La Biblia nos dice por qué. Here, as I said before, this older church leader, Paul, is writing to a younger leader, Timothy, and, and, and he's giving him advice. Pablo da consejos a un líder joven, Timoteo, and he's saying, hey, Timothy, as for you, I want you to continue in what you've learned and in what you have received. I want you to grow. I want you to grow in what you become convinced of. Quiero que permanezca firme en lo que has aprendido y de lo cual estás convencido. Because you know where it comes from. You know who's taught it to you, and you also have learned and become acquainted with the Holy Scriptures. From infancy, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus, desde tu niñez conoces las sagradas escrituras que pueden darte la sabiduría necesaria para la salvación mediante la fe en Cristo Jesús. So Paul's saying here, I, I want you to experience the benefit of growing in the truth through a constant, consistent, lifelong engagement with the scriptures. The word of God. Quiero que crezcas al, al encontrarte con la palabra de Dios. Now in Timothy's case, it's been an engagement with scripture that is from his infancy. That's why people taught him about it because he couldn't even read probably. He's been taught the scriptures and now he's probably reading the scriptures and he has this lifelong engagement. And, and Paul says, I want you to keep going in that. Quiero que sigas en este encuentro con la palabra de Dios. Why? Because these scriptures, he says, can make you wise. Wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. They reveal Jesus to you. Estas escrituras te hacen sabio para la salvación mediante la fe en Jesús. And then, in verse 16, Paul says something that is very unusual. He says, all scripture is God-breathed. Toda la escritura es inspirada por Dios. 
all scripture is God breathed. That's, that's quite uh, an interesting statement here because what it's saying is that the Bible, this library of 66 books was not just written by people who were inspired in their own thoughts and ideas like other books in the world. Somebody gets inspired, I'm gonna write a book, they write a book. It's their thoughts, it's theirs, their ideas. La Biblia no solo in, eh, la inspiración de personas en sus propios pensamientos. It's not just inspired, He's saying here, the Bible is God-spired. Es Dios-spirada este libro. In other words, God has breathed into the entire message of the Bible. He's breathed into every word, every phrase, and so it can be truly said that while human writers have been involved in writing this down, it's come down through their circumstances and through their situations and maybe even it reflects their personality. It can be truly said that the words coming through them are not theirs. This is the message of God. These are God's thoughts, not human thoughts. Estos son pensamientos humanos, no humanos, sino de Dios, aunque vengan por medio de los seres humanos. God is the author of this book, and therefore this book speaks with the authority of the author. Este libro habla con la autoridad del autor. There is no other book in the world like this one. This is the perfect word of God. Es la palabra perfecta de Dios. Now the human writers who were involved in the process of bringing this to us, they are dead. Los escritores humanos son muertos. But the words that we have here are not dead. The words we have in the Bible are living because they come from the living God. Estas palabras viven porque vienen del Dios vivo. That's exactly what Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 tells us. If we look again at that scripture, Hebrews 4:12, Hebreos 4:12, it says the word of God is living and active. La palabra de Dios es viva y poderosa. Because the author of the Bible is living, this is not a dead book. El autor vive, por eso no es un libro muerto. This book is alive. The word of God is alive, it's active. And then Hebrews 4.12 goes on to describe how it's like a, a double-edged sword. It's like a surgeon's scalpel. La palabra de Dios es como el cuchillo de un cirujano. It has the ability to cut into us, to go down deep inside of us, and to perform heart surgery, to transform us. Puede hacer como una cirugía del corazón de nosotros. If you were here a couple weeks ago, we talked about Romans 12 too, which as we're talking about being reshaped, it says we're to be transformed, reshaped by the renewing of our minds. Romanos dice que debemos ser transformados mediante la renovación de la mente. We're to be reshaped in our minds and in our hearts. How does that happen? Through the word of God. The word of God has this ability to penetrate, to get into the deepest recesses of our hearts, all the way down to the soul, all the way down to the spirit, all the way down to where we are at our core, and it says it actually judges, evaluates the thoughts and the attitudes of our heart. La palabra puede juzgar y evaluar las intenciones y los pensamientos del corazón. 
and then it can begin to reshape them as well. It reshapes them. Después empieza a transformar nuestros pensamientos. So here's the thing. Unlike any other book in the world, we can say these two things, at least these two things about the Bible. It is God-breathed. It is God-spired, not humanly inspired. It is living and active. Es Dios inspirada la Biblia y también es viva y poderosa. There's absolutely no other book you can say that about like this book. And in fact, we need to understand that the Bible is, in my estimation and from its own testimony, it is the primary reshaping tool that God has given to us. Es la primera herramienta para remodelarnos. You take away this tool, it's going to be very hard to get into the shape of a mature follower of Jesus. No puedes hacerte un, un seguidor maduro de Jesús sin este libro. So the Bible is, is God-breathed. It's living and active, and that's why it's also useful. Por eso también es útil. Is it wrong to call the Bible a tool? I don't think so, because it says it's useful. Tools are useful, aren't they? What is the Bible useful for? De, ¿Para qué es útil la Biblia? Well, 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us. Let's go back to that scripture. Segundo Timoteo 3.16, it says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Toda la escritura es inspirada por Dios y útil para enseñar, para reprender, para corregir y para instruir en la justicia a fin de que el siervo de Dios esté enteramente capacitado para toda buena obra. God's word is useful. It's a tool. What's it useful for? ¿Para qué es útil? For teaching. Para enseñar. Teaching is, is often how the message of the Bible gets inside of us so it can do its work. It is, it is through teaching, like what's happening right now. We're receiving teaching from the Bible. The Bible, uh, we, we open up to it and the word gets inside of us so that we can process and so we can understand its message. That's very useful. La enseñanza nos abre la Biblia para que podamos entender su mensaje. The Bible's also useful for rebuking, para reprender. What does that mean? It, it has the ability to convict us that there is something that's not right inside of us. Nos convence que algo anda mal en nosotros. The Bible is there to really be like a, 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 like a thorn in our side at times, to stir, in up, to stir up in us a holy discontent that, that something's wrong with me, something's wrong with the world, things are not the way they should be, and the Bible's going to show us where that is, and then it's going to begin to convince us that God's way and God's plan is right and ours is not. Nos muestra que hay algo que no anda bien con nosotros y el mundo y que el plan de Dios es mejor. And that's where the Bible is going to be useful for correcting. Nos va a corregir. Uh, recently I saw a man who, I met a man who tunes pianos. And he took out this, this piano tuning device, an electronic device. He, he, he hits the key on the piano and then he can tell from the, the electronic device whether the piano is out of tune or not. Hay un hombre que, que afina pianos y tiene un aparato, aparato electrónico para discernir si es afinado o no el piano. 
Well, in a sense, the, the Bible is like a piano tuning meter. It's going to tell us where our lives are out of tune, where we're off key, where we're off pitch, where we're out of line. Nos dice donde estamos desafinados. It's going to correct us. And it's not only going to show us the right way, it's going to move us in the right way. The Bible is useful for training in righteousness. También es útil para instruir en la justicia. In other words, the Bible's not just going to say you're out of tune, you're wrong. It's going to say here's how you go. Here's the right way. Walk in this line. Here's how you walk in a straight line behind Jesus. And as you walk in that straight line behind Jesus, as you start to, to put the message of the Bible into effect into your life, you're going to begin to, to talk and to think and to act and to love and to live like Jesus. It's going to give you that guidance. Te va a instruir para pensar y hablar y actuar y vivir y amar como Jesús. So that's what the Bible's useful for. And in fact, uh, this is God's, like I said, primary tool for getting us into the shape of Jesus. How? By pointing us to Jesus. La Biblia nos forma como Jesús al enseñarnos Jesús. It points us to Jesus. And in fact, Jesus is the point of the entire Bible. Jesús es el punto de toda la Biblia. He's the point. In fact, uh, Jesus himself in John 5:39 talked about this. Juan 5:39. This is what Jesus said about the Bible and about himself. He said, "You diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. These are the scriptures that testify about me. Ustedes estudian con diligencia las escrituras porque piensan que en ellas hayan la vida eterna. Son ellas las que dan testimonio en mi favor. You're looking for life in the Bible. Buscas vida en la Biblia. And in fact, we said the Bible is living and active, right? The Bible is alive. But why is it alive? Because it points to Jesus who is the source of eternal life. If you look into the Bible and you're looking for life, what you're looking for is Jesus. And that's what the Bible's going to point you to. Si buscas vida en la palabra viva, vas a encontrar la vida eterna que es Jesús. Again, we see Jesus doing this uh, after his resurrection in Luke 24:44. And, and here's the thing Bible scholars will tell us. It should be possible for you and me to open up our Bibles at any point And starting from whatever verse we find, it should be possible to actually trace a direct line that will lead you to Jesus. Try it sometime. Es posible empezar con cualquier versículo y, y, y trazar una línea que te lleva a Jesús. And that's what Jesus did after his resurrection in Luke 24:44. Lucas 24, 44. He, he appears to his disciples and he says, hey, everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Tenía que cumplirse todo lo que está escrito acerca de mí en la ley de Moisés, en los profetas, y en los salmos. Notice what he's saying. The law of Moses, the prophets, the Psalms, that's all the scriptures that were written before Jesus. Jesus wasn't even 
on earth before when no scriptures were written. Esas escrituras eran antes de Jesús. He's saying all those scriptures, the first five books of Moses, the prophets, the Psalms, all those books are talking about me. It's written about me. Esos libros son escritos acerca de mí. And then it says, from there, he opened up the minds of the disciples so that they could understand the scriptures. Después les abrió el entendimiento para que comprendieran las escrituras. In other words, he began to unfold to them how the whole Bible was about him. Jesús es el enfoque de la Biblia. He is the point of it all. So here's the thing. If we are going to be wise for salvation, if we are going to understand the scriptures, we need to get a grasp on Jesus. If we're going to believe in him, we have to have a good grasp on Jesus. But to get a good grasp on Jesus, you got to get a good grasp on this book. Para agarrar bien a Jesús y creer en él, hay que agarrar bien a esta palabra. And so I want to talk with you uh, to bring this down to practical terms about five different ways that, that we can grasp onto God's word. And these don't come from me. I, I didn't make these up. This is something that's been out there as a teaching tool. But these five ways of grasping God's word, each one is like a finger on your hand. Hay cinco maneras de agarrar la palabra de Dios, cada una como un dedo en la mano. And just as you can't grab anything with just one finger, you can't grab the Bible with just one of these ways. You need all five. Hay que ocupar todas las cinco maneras de agarrar la Biblia. So how do we grasp God's word? ¿Cómo agarramos la palabra? Hearing. El oír. Hearing the Bible. Hearing it through messages and sermons and teachings like we're doing right now por medio de mensajes, enseñanzas. In our day and age, you can hear the Bible read in audio format on your phone, on computers. We have more access to more ability to hear more scripture. And if you just soak your ears in the message of the Bible, it does something to you. Al oír la palabra te hace algo. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing the word about Christ. La fe viene por el oír la palabra de Cristo, dice la Biblia. Hearing. Again, I, I can't lift up this Bible with my pinky. It's good. It's good to hear. That's a beginning. But we also need to read the Bible. Leer la Biblia. Get it in not only in the ears, but also, also through the eyes. Por medio de los ojos. And not just here and there. You don't eat once in a while, like on Wednesdays and Saturdays or Tuesdays and Fridays. This is our spiritual food. God's word is meant to be consumed and read every single day. Como no comes como dos o tres veces a la semana, hay que leer la Biblia todos los días. Es nuestro alimento espiritual. And again, we at sunrise, we, we encourage people, find a way to get your eyes on the Bible every day. Again, most of us can carry that 66-book library right here. All the time. I mean, you know, it used to be, no, not going to work, right? But now we have it right there. And we have Bible reading plans available, and we have a resource we'll get you today. You can read the Bible, even if it's a little bit every day, it begins to get inside of you. 
So if you're hearing God's word and you're reading God's word, no doubt you're gonna have questions and you're gonna wonder what to do, vas a tener preguntas. So the third way of grabbing a hold of God's word is to study it, estudiar la palabra. Dig in, try to understand, analyze, ask the questions, analizar, profundizar. We have more Bible study helps out there in the internet than ever before. You have to know what's good and what's not good, but there's good stuff out there. But the best way to study the Bible is really to do it together in community. Es mejor estudiar la Biblia juntos. We can, we can come together and if I don't know something, maybe somebody else has something they see. Or maybe there's a question I've never asked before that somebody else is going to ask. That's why I want to encourage you to take advantage of the, of the study opportunities we have coming up Wednesday night, September 8th. Men's study, women's study. Tenemos los estudios de hombres y mujeres. En español, los domingos ya vamos a mover a domingos en la tarde. We have the Foundations Theology course that Cody just talked about today. That's really looking at the Bible and studying and digging down deeper so that this, this message gets into us that much more. We have what I think is the best kept secret at sunrise. You want to know what the best kept secret at sunrise is? It's our faith principles class every Sunday morning in the room back there at 8.30 a.m. Best kept secret in the church. I'm putting it out there. It's not a secret anymore. It is a great study. Come. Hay el estudio todos los domingos a las ocho y media de la mañana. Half the time they preach me the sermon before I come up here to preach it to you. It's an amazing class. So studying the word. Fourthly, we can memorize the Bible. Memorizar. I can't memorize the Bible. Come on, you know most of the songs from Hamilton. Right? You, you memorize movie lines. You memorize uh, popular songs. And, and you, me you even memorize uh, TV commercials. Come on, tell me you don't. You can memorize God's word. Puedes memorizar la palabra de Dios. Memorizas todas las otras cosas de la vida diaria. And what does that do? Again, it's getting it down deep inside of you. You carry the Bible with you. Not even in your pocket, but in your heart. In fact, I want to share with you a, a verse that I memorized years ago that I want you to, to consider memorizing this week, and, and it, it'll be on the little card we give you later. It's from Jeremiah 15, 16. Jeremiah 15, When your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, O Lord God Almighty. Al encontrarme con tus, con tus palabras, yo las devoraba. Ellas eran el gozo y la alegría de mi corazón porque yo llevo tu nombre, Señor Dios Todopoderoso. I want to invite you to, to memorize that, that verse and then do the fifth thing. Meditate. Meditar. If you meditate or think about that verse, there's some powerful truth there. It's talking about getting an appetite for God's word. Se trata un apetito para la palabra de Dios. What is meditate? It's not emptying the mind. It's not mmm or any of that stuff. Not creepy, weird stuff. It is simply filling ourselves up with the thoughts of God. Filling up our minds and hearts with the thoughts of God. Es llenarnos con la palabra de Dios. And, and the scriptures talk about it in a number of places. 
So hear, read, study, memorize, meditate. You come to God's word with those five ways, you're going to get a good grip on God's word. And then what you need to do is apply it. Live it. Learn how to, to act it out. Después aplicar la palabra y vivirla. And it says here in 2 Timothy 3.17 that, that we will become equipped for every good work, for every good thing. Vamos a ser equipados para toda buena obra. So the bottom line really is this. The more we get the Bible inside of us, the more we let the Bible come outside of us, the more we will be reshaped by God's word to be mature, complete, Christ-shaped people. Entre más nos entra y sale la palabra y, y, y caminamos según ella, vamos a ser conformados a la imagen de Cristo. So here's a question I want to ask you. I ask myself this question. How has the Bible reshaped me? ¿Cómo me ha remodelado la Biblia? I, when I sat down to prepare this message, I asked myself that question. I thought about it for a minute. How has the Bible reshaped my life? ¿Cómo me ha remodelado la Biblia? And, and I went back in my memory banks to a time when I was 13 years old. Maybe I've told some of you this story before, but when I was 13, uh, I grew up in the church, but it was like in one ear, out the other. Yeah, that's something we do on Sunday. I'm, I'm about my own thing. At age 13, I decided I wanted to read the Bible one chapter a day. A los 13 años quería leer la Biblia. And I did it kind of as an academic thing, like, okay, I want to be able to go to college and say I've read the Bible. And so I started reading the Bible at age 13. It took me about two and a half years to read the whole Bible, one day at a time, one chapter at a time. Llevo más de dos años leyendo un capítulo cada día. Something happened in the middle of that project. About halfway at age 14, something unexpected happened. I met the author of the book. Me encontré con el autor del libro. I met the point of the Bible. I met Jesus. Me encontré con el enfoque de la Biblia, Jesús. And I can honestly say it changed me completely. I am not the same person I would have been without the Bible and without Jesus Christ. Sin la Biblia y sin Cristo sería otra persona. Where would I be? Who would I be without the Bible, without Jesus? I shudder to think. I don't even want to think about it. Me da miedo pensar quién sería sin la Biblia, sin Jesús. So how has the Bible reshaped me? Let me just give you my answer. How has the Bible reshaped me? Well, first of all, um, I'm a less anxious person. You think I'm anxious now? You should see me without the Bible. Soy una persona menos ansiosa. I've avoided countless pitfalls and traps. I've fell into a few, but I've avoided a lot too. Evitado muchas trampas. I am way more loving in my relationships than I would have been without the Bible. Soy más amable en las relaciones. I have more 
wisdom, I've gained wisdom beyond myself because of the Bible. I've been equipped to battle pride and to live more humbly. That is an ongoing battle. I have not yet gotten to the goal. But I've been equipped to do that. Soy más equipado para vivir con humildad. I have found intellectually satisfying answers to all of my biggest questions. Tengo respuestas para las preguntas más grandes de la vida. And I've also learned how to tolerate the mysteries and the unanswered questions that I still have. Puedo tolerar los misterios que todavía tengo. I have gained direction in order to navigate major decisions in my life. Tengo dirección para las decisiones. I've also come to understand way better God's cosmic plan for everything and how I fit into that plan. Entiendo el plan cósmico de Dios y mi parte en él. And here's the other thing. I have hope for the future. Even when the future looks hopeless. Tengo esperanza para el futuro aun cuando no se ve esperanza. I'm not the same person. I'm way more blessed than I deserve because of God's word, because of Jesus. Soy más bendecido de lo que merezco. So my point is this, a consistent, a constant exposure, engagement with the scriptures over a long period of time is going to produce life-altering results. Un encuentro con la palabra a largo plazo va a rendir resultados. It will reshape your life. The question is, do you really believe it? Lo creen de verdad? If you can believe that, I want to urge you Get into this library. Get a grasp upon God's word. Métete en esta biblioteca y agarra bien la palabra de Dios. When your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight. For I bear your name, O Lord God of hosts, O Lord God Almighty. Al encontrarme con tus palabras, yo las devoraba. Ellas eran mi gozo y la alegría de mi corazón porque yo llevo tu nombre, Señor Dios Todopoderoso. We have a resource we want to give you today and that's my encouragement this week. Stretch yourself into a different shape by grasping onto God's word. Estiéndete esta semana metiéndote en la palabra de Dios. Let's pray together, shall we? Vamos a orar. Heavenly Father, my simple prayer right now is that whatever has been breathed out from you and from your word would stick with us. And whatever has come from me would just fall to the floor and die. Lo que sea de tu palabra, Señor, que se quede con nosotros, lo que es simplemente de labios humanos, que podamos olvidarlo. Give us 
and appetite for your word. Danos un apetito para tu palabra. Help us to fall in love with this reshaping tool, not to be intimidated by it, scared of it, and never let us think that we are in control of it. Que no seamos intimidados de esta palabra ni controladores de ella. Let us receive the gift of your word and let us see and receive the point of it all, Jesus Christ. Que podamos recibir tu palabra y el enfoque de todo que es Jesucristo. It's in his name we pray. En su nombre oramos. Amén.